Hello and welcome to the Respecting Podcast. I am Amy Hanna, and I have the privilege of being the director of the Respect Team, a nonprofit organization that speaks to middle school and high school students about the importance of self-respect and respect of others. This podcast is specifically designed for the parents of young adults seeking more support and resources in raising their amazing teens. I have my dear friend and board president, Paige Glingenbeal, with me. Paige is a licensed counselor and has been working with young adults and their families for several years. Today, we are going to be talking about the importance of rest and making sure that your child is getting enough rest. But Paige, we know that rest doesn't always have to equal sleep, although that's important too. Can you tell us how much sleep a teenager should be getting each night and what's preventing them from getting a good night sleep? So doctors tell us that teenagers, so this is like 13 to 18 year olds should be getting eight to 10 hours of sleep. Huh? So that, <laughs> that seems like a lot if you have a teenager because you recognize that they most likely are not getting that amount of sleep that is necessary. And sleep has to happen for teenagers because it actually affects everything. It's a holistic element to their bodies, developmentally, their cognitive ability, their ability even just to deal with stress and their immunity to viruses and health issues, all of that is related to the amount of sleep that is necessary for their body to function well. And the reasons why they're not getting that amount of sleep is a couple of reasons. One is because their bodies actually release the sleep hormone melatonin later in the evening than say adults or children. This is something that I have learned just within the last couple of years, the scientific community was doing research on this. And they found that teens aren't just staying up late because they wanna connect with their friends. It's because their bodies literally can't slow down because that hormone isn't released until like 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock. And that melatonin is necessary in order for their body to actually go into that deep restful sleep. Another reason why kids aren't going to sleep at a decent time or or aren't able to stay asleep for an amount of time is due to the artificial light that technology is implementing into their lives. So like their phones and their computers and their TVs, even the lights above their beds, all of those are artificial lights and our brains believe that light to be sunlight. So it actually tricks your brain into thinking it's still daytime. So again, not releasing the sleep hormone that's necessary to start getting drowsy and to go into the deep rhythms of the sleep cycle. So unfortunately our kids are staying up late and then waking up early to go to, to school in the morning. They're not getting the necessary amount of time that they need. I feel like adults aren't getting the necessary time that we need either. <laughs> yeah. When you said eight to 10 hours, I was like, oh, that is not what I am getting. I do that. And what's nice is now with technology, I know we talk about how it's detrimental, but technology actually can have benefits. It can tell you. I do like a sleep alarm um, on my phone, particularly it talks about downtime. So it tells you it's getting closer to your bedtime because you require eight hours of sleep, you know? And then after I'm done reading my book, like two hours into my need to be asleep that I'm like, oh, maybe I should have listened to that alarm of, I should have gone to bed a little bit earlier, but you're right, it doesn't always work. (laughs) I am impressed that you said that your two hours of reading your book before bedtime, I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, my two hours of binging on Netflix before bedtime. (laughs) 
no wonder I'm not sleeping. My brain is tricked because of the light that I am absorbing, I guess, before I try to go to sleep. It makes so much more sense now. It is, but unfortunately my book is on my, my iPad and my Kindle. And so it is still that artificial light that is, even though it is reading and they tell you to read before bed, there's the stipulation that it should most likely be an actual book and have low light when you're reading, not necessarily all the lights on. <laughs> oh, the joys of technology and yet That's right. the downfalls as well. So That's Paige, right. pediatricians have said that teenagers need at least 20% of their day to be downtime. Now, I know you just said downtime, but you were talking more about sleep. I think what they were talking about does not actually include sleep. So what would downtime look like for a teenager? And what do you think is preventing them from reaching that 20%? Yeah, so downtime, that's a that's a really good, it's also another technology language that if you have kids and you've um, added something called screen time on their phones, there is a little button that says downtime. So it actually turns off all their applications on their phone, prevents them from engaging in some of that technology. And really downtime is unstructured time. We gotta remember that even though our kids aren't pulling down a nine to five job, that they're in essence still working. They're cognitively engaged. They're having those social interactions at school. And really it is like a full-time job because once they get done with that, then they have to come home and they have chores or they have sports or they have activities. And so they're not getting much time where it's unstructured where there is no um, expectations, where they can just sit and be. And that is what downtime is. And it is essential for all of us, frankly, but particularly for teenagers, as they're still trying to figure out who they are, emotional regulation and processing all the stressors that they have to go to. So they need that time to really kind of just reset, refocus and, and just really just be. I think that's a great way of just saying, just be still and enjoy the moment. So you're saying, parents, it's okay when you see your kid just sitting around. (laughs) It's okay sometimes for them to have that downtime, especially if they just went to school for seven hours. (laughs) When they come home, give them a little bit of a moment to have some downtime before they have to do their homework. I think so many times my kids come home and I'm like, okay, let's get cracking on this homework. And they just look at me like, mom, I just did seven hours of school. Can I just have a break. And I think it's important as parents that we let them have a little bit of a break before they have to start their next activity. I think it, and it even shows in just brain makeup and in evidence, brain evidence that you can't focus more than 20 minutes. And so we've asked these kids to, to really focus for seven hours. And when they get home in their safe space, which it should be a very safe place for them, we're not allowing them then to refocus, to reset and to actually relax. So that's becoming more detrimental and increasing their stress to just day-to-day life. And so then when they come home and say, you're making my life so hard, I mean, in essence, it's kind of true because we are putting pressures and expectations on them where they don't, they just need to take a minute. I come from that mentality too. When I see my kids, I'm like, your brain's already on that learning place. Let's just go straight to homework. And then while you're at it, Let's do some chores too, because you got chores every day as well. <laughs> and then, yeah. then we're going to go to our activities. So we got to eat dinner before then, right? Like imagine that the pace of the day 
is not healthy for anyone, let alone teens and kids. So we do actually need to see the value in allowing them to sit there and quote unquote, do nothing for 20 minutes to an hour. I think that's absolutely healthy. So Paige, what are some other things that parents can do to ensure that their teenagers, of course, are having that downtime, but are also getting enough sleep too? What are some things that parents can do for their kids? Yeah, I think it's one of those things is just education. I think too often kids see parents taking away their phones, keeping their phones in the parent's bedroom or or out of at least the kid's bedroom as a punishment. And the reality is it's actually a benefit to them. So we need to explain to them that the artificial light, the stress that comes from social interactions, especially late at night when you don't have tolerance to, to negative social interactions, because that kind of stuff keeps you up at night because it just stresses you out, that we're eliminating some of those things as a protection for our kids, not a punishment. And even though the kids will, and the teens will still see it as it's uncomfortable and it's unnecessary and you know, just trust me this once, I'm sure they'll use all those lines. Again, we're reminding them, no, I am loving you well by taking away the phone prior to you going to bed. And, and it can be different per age group. We take away our boys's. I have two boys and I have two girls. My boys are in elementary. We take away their devices, you know, an hour before they're supposed to go to bed. Well, that's still a couple hours before my girls need to go to bed who are also in middle school, upper middle school. So they sometimes see, well, how is that fair that the, the girls get to keep their devices longer? Well, again, your body is different. Each child is different, but you particularly are at a different age and I'm protecting you and I'm loving you well by, by taking away some of those temptations as well as that uh, artificial light that can be part of that, keeping them up at night. I think another thing too is just teaching them how to regulate their emotions. So oftentimes I hear parents saying, but my, my kids claim that you know they, they have to interact socially or they're, they're bored or they, um, <laughs> don't know what to do with their time you know it's like what did we do when we were younger well we learned to adjust and these kids have to learn to be bored these kids have to learn that they are separate from their friends and there's allowed to have time where they're not in constant communication with their friends and, and that's actually a good thing and so we have to encourage them to experience life without a device and and that's something that i think is a life lesson that the sooner we teach them the better off they're going to be growing into an adult. Yeah, those are great suggestions. I'm going to add one to this because I am very guilty of this. I have a tendency to pack our day. So I have a tendency as the mom to say, okay, today we're going to be doing this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And so many times my kids will push back and say, mom, can't we just chill out? (laughs) Like, can't we just hang out at home? Can we just watch a movie? And I'm like, no, we have all these different things that we need to be doing. And it's vacation time. And we can do all these really great things together as a family. And sometimes as especially as moms, we have a tendency to try to pack the schedule. So I think it's important for us as parents too to just take a moment, look at ourselves and say, am I giving my child the opportunity to have that downtime? If I'm not, I need to do some self-reflection. I need to look at our family calendar and say, okay, what can go? What is not important? And 
what is important is giving my teenager some of that downtime. That's right. That's right. And, and it too often, like you even pointed out, we equate experiences with our family as quality time. But you're right. If it's forcing our kids to spend time with us and have experiences like going out and seeing the, the Christmas lights or going to the zoo or, you know, doing all of these things with our family. Yes, those are necessary to build memories and, and build connections, but we don't have to do them every day and make that quality. So it is taking that step back and saying, you know, I value you. I want you to be healthy and I'm not going to be distorted by the American culture of busy. Instead, I'm going to focus on what your body needs instead. So I think that's a really valid point. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Paige. And thank you to each of you for listening to this episode of the Respect Team podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it and that it provided the support that you need. As always, we want to encourage you to go to our website at respectteam.com to check out our blog, our upcoming events, or just to connect with us. If there is a topic that you would like for us to cover, please send your ideas to info at respectteam.com. And we want to to thank our podcast sponsor today, Brotherhood Mutual. And as always, we want to remind you to respect yourself, to respect others, and of course, to respect all.